Hello and welcome to Valley West Cinemas. I'm your host Aaron and this is the podcast where we take a group of related films and usually eliminate all but three. Instead, this week what I'll be doing is recommending the best movies you've never seen. Some of these movies are readily available on Criterion or Shout Factory. Some are a little more difficult to find copies of. Since there is a good chance that you have not seen these films, I'm not going to get into spoilers, so you don't have to worry about that. I will give you a general idea of what each one is about and my thoughts on them. It's probably pretty likely that you haven't heard of a lot of these, maybe even at all. Some are relatively obscure. There are a few on here that are what I call mood movies. The point of the film is more about eliciting a feeling than being driven by character or plot. And the reality is is that a lot of people are bored by mood movies. But when done right, I love those kinds of films. But maybe this list will give you some new titles to check out. The first movie is from 1987. It's called Three O'Clock High. It's a semi-slapstick comedy about a high schooler who is challenged to a fight by the school bully at three o'clock. And this kid is just scrambling throughout the day to try to figure out what to do to get out of the situation. It skirts that line between being very funny and just slightly maybe being too stupid, but it works. I think it's a classic. I think it's one of those movies that should be talked about more. And I know it might be sacrilegious to say it's better than Ferris Bueller, but if you put them side by side and you had to pick one, I would pick Three O'Clock High. I do have the benefit, though, of course, having watched that movie throughout my life. It's not something I discovered later in life. I saw it when it was new, and I have rewatched it over the years, and so I have that connection to the material. You know, with people in Ferris Bueller, they have that familiarity. And so Ferris Bueller might be more digestible, if that makes sense. So you might watch Three O'Clock High and not necessarily fall in love with it. But it is endlessly amusing. I like it quite a bit. The next best movie you've probably never seen is called Lake Mungo. It is a horror film, and it is, in a sense, a found footage movie, but it's not like The Blair Witch Project or any of those other copycats. It's not really stylistically like that at all. It's actually presented as a documentary. And it's not like horror movies like The Last Exorcism, where it's presented as a documentary-style found footage where you're watching the film that the crew shot as they follow a subject around. This is more like a true blue documentary where people sit in a chair and talk to the camera about life and their experiences. And in this case, it's about a family who loses the daughter. The daughter dies. And over time, they start to see her image in film and photographs. And so they think that they're capturing her ghost on film. Throughout the film, you see these photographs, you see the silhouettes and the shapes, and they talk to the family about what they think it means and do they believe it. The film does an excellent job with the ghostly photographs and building suspense and just watching the family go through this struggle of believing what they're seeing. It's really, really good. Lake Mungo is a very, very good film. I am very briefly going to mention again the film Shiva Baby from last year. That was one of my three surviving films in the Best of 2021 episode. In case you haven't had a chance to see it, it is at least currently on HBO Max. I still recommend it quite a bit. If you can see the comedy in a stressful family situation, then you might enjoy it. I admit it's not for everyone, but if you have HBO Max, you're already paying for the service, so give it a try. The next film is called Locke from 2013, stars Tom Hardy. Locke actually did get some awards talk, so it might be maybe one of the more known films on here. It's a very interesting film because it takes place entirely in a car. The whole movie is Tom Hardy driving the two hours from London to another city or vice versa. He's taking phone calls to his work, to his family, as this terrible life situation sort of rears its head. And it's about him facing the consequences of his actions and making life decisions over the course of this drive and having to explain himself to his friends and family. And the whole movie is just Tom Hardy in a car talking on speakerphone. It may not sound like there's a whole lot of movie there, but it is riveting just watching this man go through these decisions in real time. It is probably one of the better films of 2013. 
I highly recommend Locke. The next best film that you haven't seen is The Wrong Guy. Now, The Wrong Guy is a silly comedy. It's about a man played by Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. He comes across his boss's dead body, and through a comedy of errors, he thinks that the police are after him, but the reality is they have a video of the crime, and so they know he's innocent. So he's on the run, but nobody's after him, and he keeps accidentally crossing paths with the real killer. <laughs> it's a good movie. If you're in the mood for a lighthearted comedy with a lot of goofiness, <laughs> I definitely say you should seek out the wrong guy. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Going with another sort of comedy uh, is Manborg from 2011. Manborg is a Canadian independent film that was made on a budget of what is reported to be $1,000. It's a very cheap movie. There is a little bit of a cheat there in that the guy who did it did the special effects for some of the Resident Evil movies, so he had the resources and the experience, but they chose to shoot this movie against a green screen, against a wall, in a basement. It's one of those movies that I wouldn't say that it's bad on purpose. It's not like Sharknado, like not exactly, but it is knowingly silly. And it's a brisk 65 minutes, and that includes a fake trailer at the end. So it's a very short movie. It is remarkably quotable. It's one of the movies that's on rotation with my friends. It's about a man who dies in a war, and science brings him back as part machine. And he and some other people go on an adventure to stop an evil scientist. The special effects are a lot of fun. They're cheap in a fun, silly, homemade sort of way. And again, it's not bad on purpose, but it completely embraces its low-budget nature. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, actually, you know what? One good comparison... I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there was a short called Kung Fury. It's probably on YouTube. If you've seen Kung Fury and you like it, Manborg is right up that alley. It pairs very well with Kung Fury. The next film is called WNUF Halloween Special. WNUF are the call letters for a local broadcasting station. And so what this movie is meant to be is the taped broadcast of the local news on Halloween night in the late 80s. So the movie looks like it was recorded off of television. It even has fake commercials, tracking lines, fast forwarding. The movie was made in 2013, and I'm blown away by how they were able to recreate not just the era, but the technology, the way that this was recorded. It really looks like it was recorded off of 80s TV. It's, it's really neat. The movie itself is about a news broadcast from a supposedly haunted place, and then bad things really do start to happen. But it's not really a horror movie. There's not really any horror to it. And because of the limitations of the broadcast, it's not really meant to emulate found footage movies as we know them today. I would describe it more like rediscovering a tape in the back of a closet somewhere of something you might have recorded when you were a kid. It may not necessarily be completely satisfying, but as an experience, it's very neat. The next movie is a Japanese film from 1996 called Shall We Dance? And now this was remade in the early 2000s with Richard Gere and Jennifer Lopez. The remake is actually not too terrible. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's watchable, but it doesn't have what made the original so special. The film is about a businessman in Tokyo who decides to take ballroom dancing lessons, and because of the culture of expectations and privacy in Japan, he hides it from his family, and it's both uplifting and sort of heartbreaking the way that he finds such joy in something that would probably be frowned upon because he's meant to just be a salary man. He's not meant to go ballroom dancing. You get to see him grow as a person. You get to see him find this love and find this acceptance. And it's not that he was unhappy with his life or his wife. It's just he was stuck in the routine of, of your job, of what's expected of you. And he finds this outlet and it just brings him joy. And it's such a happy, loving film. It just makes you feel good. It might help a little bit if you have an understanding of the working and family cultures of Japan, but it's not entirely necessary. I think the film sort of explains that to you as it goes. 
Shall We Dance is one of my all-time favorite movies. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's joy. It's pure joy. The next film is called Hangs Upon Nothing. It's a 2014 documentary, but it's really more of a surfing travelogue. Over the course of several years, the filmmakers followed these surfers around. And I've said before (laughs) in life that it's weird that I don't like boxing or surfing, but I love boxing and surfing movies. And since it is more of a travelogue, it's not really about their lives. It's not really about catching the perfect wave or the art of surfing. It's just about capturing the adventure of surfing. It's just the mood and the music and the visuals. It's a really beautiful film and has this rich electronic soundtrack. But again, the warning, I suppose, is that for general audiences, watching beautiful footage set to serene music of people surfing might not necessarily be satisfactory. But for me, I was blown away. The next one is called No Such Thing from 2001. No Such Thing has Helen Mirren and Sarah Pauly. She was the main actress in the Dawn of the Dead remake. It's basically a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, except for the Beast is a drunk and a total jerk. (laughs) He just wants to die. He's just a real mean jerk who doesn't care about anything, has a sarcastic, sardonic sense of humor. Sarah Polly is a reporter who goes to Iceland to chase the story of a beast man, and he's this depressed jerk, and the two of them form this relationship that's really quite sweet. It's an odd movie. Odd is a great word. It's a very unusual film. Outside of the Beauty and the Beast inspiration, I can't really think of any other films that are quite like No Such Thing. And really, if there's a film that's not like other movies that you've seen before, that's probably a reason to give it a shot. The next one is called Memories of Murder. It's a Korean mystery from 2003. Memories of Murder is about Korea's first known serial killer and the investigation and the attempts to try to find him. It's not a spoiler to say that he wasn't caught, but here's the fun thing. The movie came out in 2003, but I think in 2016 or 17, they actually really did catch him, which is fascinating. But at the time the movie was made, it was an unsolved case. And in the film, it's about the small town cop and the big city cop that have to work together to find out who this person is that's committing these crimes. And you see this big city cop become frustrated by the experience or lack of experience of these local cops and by the lack of technology, because this is the 80s in Korea, they have to send things like DNA and fingerprints to other cities or even other countries and wait who knows how long for those results because they just didn't have those resources available. And as the film progresses, you see this big city cop lose control. And meanwhile, the idiot small town cop slowly starts to mature to the situation and their roles start to reverse. And it's just a fascinating film. I won't give away what happens, but the end just gives me goosebumps. Every time I think about the last scene of that movie, it just gives me that feeling of of wanting more. You really feel for these characters and the experiences that they're going through. It's a super solid movie. All right, that wraps up my suggestions for the best movies you've never seen. If you liked this type of episode and you enjoy these recommendations, please let me know and we can do this again. Let us know on Twitter at VWestCinemas. If you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. And of course, please rate and review wherever you listen to the show. It helps us a lot. I'm your host, Aaron. Thank you for listening.